Welcome to Swimming in the Deep. I'm Josh. And I'm Dan. Our desire is to encourage and equip you to dive deep into knowing the riches of who God is so that you are driven to share the gospel, serve the community, and make disciples. Today we're going to dive deeper into the resurrection, uh, more specifically the benefits of the resurrection. Uh, as we talk through this and as you study more yourself, uh, we want to start off by encouraging you uh, to, to check out some some resources that you can use on your own and, and in your home and uh, some of those resources that have really encouraged us. And um, one that I wanted to start off with was a, a small little book uh, called Your Verdict on the Empty Tomb. Uh, it's by a man named Val Grieve, G-R-I-E-V-E. Um, he was a, a lawyer, and uh, he actually uh, used to be a man who, of course, was not a follower of Christ. And he uh, did some investigation, used a lot of his skills as a lawyer to look into the resurrection, and uh, came to the conclusion um, through the Holy Spirit working on his heart that the resurrection was true and real and uh, just saw what Jesus did for him. And it's a fantastic short little book that encourages us to understand the resurrection and, and see the, the truths of the resurrection and also encourages you just to see how we know the resurrection is is true. Um, so that's one I would recommend. And, and uh, another small little short one is a book by Legan Duncan called Do Not Fear. Uh, it's a book about uh, death and uh, the new heavens and new earth. Uh, but just in that book, he talks a little bit about um, the hope of the resurrection that we have uh, there's so many more resources you could look on the Gospel Coalition. You can just look up Resurrection and uh, just see lots of really great resources. Uh, Josh, what are some that you have that we could uh, encourage our uh, listeners to to look into? Uh, well, I was actually as I'm looking at this list and and seeing um, we we have uh, T. Desmond Alexander with the City of God and the Goal of Creation, and and I remember. Uh, quickly reading through this one, and it and it was it was similar to another one that uh, Alexander wrote, and it was um, from Eden to New Jerusalem, uh, and just yes. looking at this is this is what life was like before the fall, and then um, post fall, but then also post death, burial, resurrection, and then what we have to look forward to um, when Jesus returns, uh, and and. So that one is really good, but I was thinking as you were talking about um, Val Grieve, how he was a lawyer, and uh, it just reminded me of Lee Strobel and the case for Christ, and yes. and actually, it's the the funny thing is is you you take and you look at both of these authors and and many others, and including um, I would imagine that uh, we we fall into this category as well, and it's one of the reasons that. We have this podcast in diving deeper, but it's amazing that you have these two lawyers who yes. research and seek for the truth um, about the resurrection and about who Jesus was, and and in their effort to look for the truth, and in Lee Strobel's case, in an effort to look to prove it false, was unable to do so, and as a result, God um, opened the eyes of their heart, and and God called them. Um, out of darkness, yes. and 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 so it's just amazing to see when you dive deeper into who God is, uh, He will reveal who He is. Yes, exactly, and, and that's one of the amazing things. That's what we're looking at, trying to look at here with the podcast. Is you know when we think about Romans eleven thirty three, Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine, just that fact of when we dive deeper, we learn all these amazing things 
of who God is, especially when you think about the, the resurrection. And let, let me make one uh, correction. I said the book by Ligon Duncan was called Do Not Fear. It actually, the title is Fear Not. Very similar. But So if you go to Google that, it's actually Fear Not, not Do Not Fear. So my, my, my bad. Sorry about that. Um, but uh, if we had a cool little sound effect for making, <laughs> making your saints in the wrong, that'd be a good one right now. But anyway, uh, Fear Not is that book by Ligon Duncan. There's another book I didn't mention. Johnny Erickson Todd has a book called Heaven. Um, if you know Johnny Erickson's Tada's, uh, story, um, she doesn't deal a lot with the resurrection in that book. She more deals with heaven, but I think it just gives you the hope of the resurrection of what, what we have to look forward to with the new heavens and the new earth. And so I would recommend that book as well. And then Tim Keller just put a book out uh, called hope in times of fear. And uh, if you've ever read Keller, he's a fantastic author. He's easy to read. Um, in that book, he actually talks about the truth of the resurrection and, Keller right now is is fighting cancer, and he just talks about a lot in that book about just the hope he has as he fights cancer, um, knowing the truth of what is coming. So it's uh, some there's some resources there for you. Awesome, I think picking these up and many others again, like you said, um, we can find tons of resources on the resurrection and uh, and looking at those things and um, so. so we we had the opportunity to to worship together and celebrate the resurrection this past Sunday and and in that typically like every sermon that we will have preached and that we look forward to preaching in the future we will not have time to cover what we yes. desire um, and so with that is there is there one thing I guess narrow down to one thing um, <laughs> that if you had more time to unpack that in your sermon what would that have been. Yes, that's the, as we thought about this podcast, that's the probably the hardest thing to think about is ask a pastor who preaches, what's one thing you would narrow your sermon down to? <laughs> uh, as I thought about this, I, I thought about the idea of of this this word called first fruits. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, Paul says, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. And so, as I think about first fruits, I kind of want to unpack this a little bit here for a few minutes. It kind of takes me back to, to John chapter 11, verse 24, where Jesus uh, is coming to the tomb of Lazarus and he meets Martha. And uh, Mar- Martha and John eleven twenty four 24 says that he, she knows that Lazarus will rise in the resurrection, but she says on the last day. And, uh, and so when you look at that and you understand what that means, most of the Jews at that time in the first century there including the Pharisees, uh, most Jews there would have believed in a resurrection that was coming at the end of time. They just weren't expecting a resurrection before the end of the time. Um, and so Jesus, of course, there says that, you know, if you believe in me, who is the resurrection and the life, though you die, you will live. Um, and so that takes us back when what Martha says there, it takes us back in the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, you can read in Daniel chapter 12, which I would encourage you all to do. It's verses two and three. You can read Ezekiel 37, uh, the Valley of the Dry Bones. You can read Hosea 6, verse 2. Those are some of the passages you can read in the Old Testament that point forward to the truth of a resurrection. Um, now, places like Hosea 6, 2, Ezekiel 37 are, are depicting the return to the land of promise, which is then looking forward to an exile um, from the, or looking forward to a resurrection of, of the dead um, as we are in exile. So you look at that, you see that in the Old Testament, and there's not a ton of places in the Old Testament that talks about the resurrection, but those are some, which is then leads into the first century where 
you know, Martha, Mary, they would say, the Pharisees would say, yes, they believe in the, the coming in time resurrection. But essentially what Jesus is doing is he's saying there, he's saying, I am the resurrection and the life. And so he's saying there's going to be a resurrection that's coming before the end of the time. And so that's where then we read in 1 Corinthians 15, where Paul says, um, those are, you know, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits. And so essentially, Trevin Wax has a good quote. He, he says that what Paul is essentially saying here, he's saying, you know, you know the harvest that God has planned at the end of time, which is what they believed in. The ancient promise that God is going to make everything right again and restore the world and resurrect the bodies of the faithful from all the ages. And so he's saying that essentially Jesus's resurrection is the first fruits, saying that the, the resurrection has begun. And so essentially what Paul is doing there and what we believe as Christians and what we can look forward to are the first fruits is this fact that Easter marks the beginning of the end, uh, that Jesus was, was raised as the first fruit. So all those who have passed before us, those who are believers in Jesus, uh, the day is coming when what was true of Jesus will be true of them and true of us is that because Jesus is the first fruit, the first to be uh, raised from the dead and not die again, that's going to happen to us as believers. So essentially Jesus is the first fruits of those who have died, meaning that his resurrection is the guarantee that our earthly bodies will give way to the, to the delights of our resurrection body. Again, meaning that the the general resurrection of the dead has has begun, that there's a reversal now. And so we were in sin. We were dead in our sins because of what Christ has done. He's reversing all of that. And so it's just this great truth of, of what the first fruits means, which then points us to the fact that the hope we have now and the hope we have now is that great reversal of, of death. Um, and so it's not just a, a first fruits of what's to come, but because of what we have that uh, the fact that there's a guarantee that our earthly bodies will give way to resurrected bodies when Christ comes back. It's the truth that we now can live with the hope of that resurrection. So we can, we can live knowing that Jesus um, has made everything right, is making everything right. He is the King who has come to fix everything. Uh, he's the King who has come to overturn the curse of death forever. Um, and so to believe in Jesus is to be united to the one who has life in himself. Essentially, he's the one whom death cannot keep down. And so like on Sunday, I mentioned, you know, from Romans chapter six, verse four, Colossians three, one, where Paul says, if you've been raised with Christ, do these things. And so it's essentially shown that we as believers have life starting now, that we don't have to wait for life to come. We have life now because Jesus is the first fruits, that he is the one who has promised, he's guaranteed that our earthly bodies will give way to the delights of our resurrected bodies. Um, and so it's just this, this truth that, um, you know, we just know now we can live with the hope of the resurrection. And so it's essentially, it's, that's where Jesus says back in John chapter 11, Jesus says, if you believe in me, if you believe that I am the resurrection and life, though you die, you'll have life. So even though you will die a physical death, Although you will have a, uh, although you'll have that physical death, you won't have to face that spiritual death. And so, there's that truth there of what Jesus is saying, and and that's that hope we have now, and just that that's that beautiful thing of, of of what it means for us, as as Jesus being our first fruits, that He is that guarantee, um, and so that gives us hope to come and and hope now, and that that Jesus is that King who has come to fix everything. He's conquered death, um, because He's conquered death. God has has said, yes, for sure, what Jesus did for us on the cross was sufficient. It was enough to pay the penalty of our sins. And so therefore, we have life now 
and life to come. And there, there's so much more you could unpack there. Um, so many more amazing truths of what that means for us. But I just encourage those of you listening to, to, to connect all those pieces, uh, going back into Daniel chapter 12, verse two, Hosea six, two is equal 37 connected to John 11. And then of course, John chapter 20, first Corinthians 15, all these passages, which then lead us to where, where Paul says that in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits. He's that guarantee because he was raised first without dying again. We therefore as Christians, because we believe in Jesus and what he did for us on the cross, when we die, if we die before Jesus comes back, our souls will go to be with him in heaven. But then when Christ returns, we'll have those resurrected bodies. Our souls uh, will be united with, we reunited with our, um, our future bodies. And so it's just that truth we have as believers. Um, so again, so much more I could unpack there, but it's just that that's the hope we have that, that Christ has reversed death. Um, and so let's just, I mean, I'm sure I'm missing some things I want to talk about more, but those are just some of the hopes we have. That's the first fruit. You know, I want to, I just encourage people to think about first fruits there. So, yeah. I, and you know, you're sharing all of this and in the midst of the first fruits is, you know, I, I think like my mind says in a simple Maybe maybe a simple sentence. I don't know, um, but Jesus being the first fruits, that that the hope that we have now is that death tomorrow isn't the end. Correct. Um, yes. Because as we as we see and we look at the resurrection, um, Jesus' death on the cross wasn't the end, uh, as many thought it was. And you can look through Scripture where there's. Um, the, the speculation at first and before Jesus appears to the disciples, I, mm-hmm. I can imagine the, the overwhelming sadness that they had experienced because they had not yet understood all yeah. of this text, all the scripture that was actually speaking about Jesus and, and Jesus was sharing those things with them. And yet um, they still didn't understand. Exactly. And that's what, you know, when, on Sunday, I read John chapter 20, verse eight or verse nine, uh, where after the, the one that Jesus loved got to the tomb first before Peter, after the women had gotten there, which I just, you know, I just love about that. But then of course, John, as he writes in John 20, talks about the fact that the one that, that Jesus loves got there first outran Peter. <laughs> but, but verse nine of John 20 says, for as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Again, that just goes back to the fact of the Jews were looking forward to a final resurrection. They just weren't ready for Jesus to rise then for that resurrection, but it had to happen because Jesus was that first fruits. And that's why it's so important. I mean, you look in John 5, 21, John 5, 25 to 29, John 6, you see Jesus talks about the resurrection to come, but he's pretty much saying here and showing us here that he is that first. He's the one that gives us that guarantee. I mean, Lazarus has already been raised. There's been others raised from the dead, but they died again. Jesus is the only one to die and rise again to never die again. Does that make sense? And so that's our hope. That's why we have hope. And that's why like, if you're, if you're still alive when Jesus returns, you won't face that physical death. You know, we'll just have those resurrected bodies, which again, is just that amazing mystery. But it just shows us that if we die now before Christ returns, we will have that hope of um, our, our bodies being resurrected because Jesus is our, our first fruit. So yeah, it's all those things connecting together. It's, it's again, just understanding, you know, the scriptures had to be fulfilled and how all that had to happen. Just that, just, I don't just that great hope we have, you know, I just, I think too many people try to prove the resurrection yet. They forget 
when you read in scripture, you can see just the amazing benefits that we have and, and, and what it means for us when you just connect all these scriptures together. Um, so just an amazing thing, what God's done for us. Yes. And, um, and it's one of those, like, I, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it to a degree of being able to express how amazing it is. Um, and in fact, the mystery, um, that's there as well. So, so with the hope that we have now, um, and looking forward to the future, really the life that we're living now, um, and the, uh, time that we, the, the few minutes that we have left, um, I'm going to see if I can smash these questions kind of together. So, so how does our life change or what does it look like for the Christian to live with the hope that we have now because of Jesus being our first fruit? Mm. And yeah. what does that look like for the Christian when they are um, driven to dive deeper and love the community and make disciples? Like how, how does the hope that we have now, how does yes. the community see that lived out in the life of the Christian? Yeah. Good question, Josh. It's kind of like we scripted this. <laughs> um, oh man. No, th- those are fan- fantastic questions. I-, I-, I think first, when you think about the hope now and what that does to change people, you know, part of what I preached on in my sermon was just those people we read about in scripture that were changed. Um, when you read in first Corinthians chapter 15, you see a list that Paul gives, but even before that, in John chapter twenty, the, the first to be changed or or transformed, these women who were at the tomb, the first to see Jesus risen, and then how those women would go and be so instrumental and transformational in helping the early church to to explode. You have the disciples, right? You have the twelve disciples and how they changed, how they, you know, I mentioned in my sermon on Sunday, how they went back into Jerusalem, the place where Jesus was just crucified, and and there's. There's fact that there's written, I mean, of course, the Bible has about extra biblical fact showing that the disciples went back into Jerusalem to preach the gospel. Peter in Acts 2, you know, he's there at the day of Pentecost. He's preaching to the Jews. He's saying, look, this, this Jesus that you crucified, we have seen him alive. Ask me about it. And, and then disciples literally gave their lives for Christ. So their lives were transformed. You know, Peter goes from someone who denies Jesus three times to who is, you know, crucified himself, many believe, upside down. Um, you know, you have James, you know, Jesus's half brother who hated Jesus. I mean, you can read it in script who did not like Jesus and then is transformed by Jesus to, to the fact that, that his life is so transformed. He writes the, the letter of James. He is a leader in the uh, tr- uh, church in Jerusalem. You read about that in Acts 15. He would eventually be martyred for his faith. Um, I mean, just the number of eyewitnesses, you know, you read in first Corinthians 15, you read about the f- over 500 that saw Jesus and the fact that when that's written, you could have asked any of those 500, did you see Jesus? And you would have said yes. I mean, you just have all these things that show about the transformation of the lives of these people. You can read extra biblical sources. Um, there's a, a source called Josephus. He was an early Jewish historian that lived during the time of Jesus. Um, and and he was, you know, actually he lived around the time when Jesus had 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 died. So, but he writes he writes so much about who Jesus was, the truth of Jesus. He writes about the truth of the resurrection. Um, you have others that write that are not even believers in Jesus. Um, you, you have, you have writers that are writing about how Christians in the sixties, fifties and sixties were being persecuted. Um, they were being, you know, horribly, uh, murdered for their faith because they would not give their faith in a resurrected Jesus, give up their faith in a resurrected Jesus. And then you just see how, how the, the church just exploded, how it grew, 
after Jesus ascended, you know, and, and you just, you can't make that stuff up. You just see the impact the resurrection had. And I, I was reading about the fact uh, in that book by Val Grieve, uh, he talks about the fact that, that around Rome, there stretched 600 miles of catacombs where during the first three centuries of Christianity, nearly 4 million Christians were buried. And he goes on to say, it's been calculated that at one stage, at least one fifth of Rome's population were Christians. And throughout the Roman Empire, in the first three centuries of AD, 20 million became Christians. And so you just can't, you can't make that stuff up. I mean, that's, that's, that's truth. That's what happened. And, and most of those people would go and they would, again, they would die for their faith because they, they saw, they believed in a resurrected Jesus. And that was passed on to others. So you see this life transformation. And, and, and one thing I think is really cool there, and I brought this out in my sermon on, on Sunday, was when you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, those first few verses, verses 3 to 8, 3 to 9, those are, are most believed. That's like an early church creed that, that Paul must have heard uh, from people like Peter and James probably about three years after Paul was converted to Christianity. And so this, this is a, this is an early church creed. Not long after Jesus has died and ascended, dies uh, raised from the grave, ascended back to heaven. And you have this early church creed, those verses of three to nine in first Corinthians 15, that point to the truth of, of what Jesus did. Um, and so all those things just show you about the transformation of, of Christ. And I'm, I'm sure you want to say something, Josh, you probably want to jump in there. Cause I'm just, I'm pretty much preaching my sermon over again. So <laughs> <laughs> what's some thoughts you have, thoughts you have that's there? all right they hear it a second time um no i you know like my mind goes to that sometimes we we don't live out the change because um it's we f- I, I hate to say feel but but because of the work that the holy spirit's doing in our life we see the world differently and we want to share that uh, but because either it's new or we're afraid of what the community or culture is going to say, we basically we suppress it and we don't actually live out the hope that we've yes. been called to live out. Yes. Um, and I, I think back and, um, and look at this, and, and the hope that we have now is a hope that is not bound by... Um, denominational lines. Correct. Um, and and so, and you touched on this a little bit earlier, but there's this, this hope that we have now and, and Jesus and the, the great reversal of death and Jesus being the first fruits and us being united with Christ, um, that, that united again to touch back on last week a little bit, that is a Mm -hmm. unity, uh, in the midst of a diversity and when we when we don't live out this hope as being changed um, and thinking and looking at Romans twelve one and two and us not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by this the renewing of our mind and and if we yes. live out that transformation because of this hope, then I think, or I would I would argue that the reality would be that the world wouldn't see this childish yes. fighting amongst <laughs> whether denominations or inner or within the same denomination. It's a whole nother podcast. It's, <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast, not episode podcast, yes. but, yes. but, 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 but really yeah. that if we're going to live out this hope, 
then there's things that we we set things aside, yeah. um, yes. and and we hold fast to certain things. I'm I'm not, you know, we don't want to negate that at all, but but oh, we no, certainly no, no. hold yes. fast to biblical truth. Yes. Um, and and other things, we we don't have to hold fast to because the Richmond community that we serve in right now is different even than the Centerville community, which is mm-hmm. virtually the same, same area it seems, but, but it really is a different community. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so, yeah. so when we look at that, it's, it's all built on this hope where we have changed because of Christ. Yeah. And, and uh, there's a quote or well, not a quote, but she asked a question, Jackie Hill Perry, uh, fantastic, uh, author, um, written lots of good books, uh, fantastic speaker. Um, she's a, a poet. Anyway, she was, I don't, I don't know if it was, I think it might've been the gospel coalition of women's conference she was speaking at, but she said, what changes when we live like the resurrection is real? And I just, I, I think that question is exactly what you're talking about. And I think that's what should drive us because I think when you look at the women who are at the tomb, have they ran and told the disciples, even though they could have been shunned for how women were treated then, uh, the disciples, how it changed them, James, the the apostles, the 500. And that's, I didn't even mention everyone that you look in scripture who saw the resurrected Jesus. There's just some, the the early believers in the first and second centuries, all those who died for their faith. You know, what, what changes in 21st century for us when we live like the resurrection is real? I think that's a good question to think about, you know, when, when that, and that should drive us then. Because we, we think about, we don't want to just learn these things about the truth of the resurrection, about the first fruits, about how people were changed, just to know them. But we wanted to then to drive us to our neighbor, to drive us to our community, to to share the gospel and to make disciples. And, and so I, I hope those of you listening will, will think, because we know the resurrection is true, what's going to change when we live like the resurrection is real? Well, Josh, it's been fun trying to swim in the deep. Hopefully those who have been listening have learned something from a our time together, man. It is always an adventure swimming in the deep end. And there is always that risk of taking on water. Yes. (laughs) But, um, but the adventure and the wisdom gained is certainly worth the, the struggle of swimming in the deep. To learn more about this podcast or Crosspoint Church, visit us at crosspointrichmond.com. 